G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Abraham Lincoln once said, God must have loved the plain people because he made so many of them. Sadly, in the Christian life, often we make the mistake of looking for extraordinary people. People with uh, charisma and extra talents and abilities that can take us to the supposed next level. But that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. God uses ordinary people. In fact, there are no extraordinary people. But what we'll find from time to time is ordinary people who really do believe in an extraordinary God. And those people are able to do extraordinary things. Paul put it this way. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have the treasure of the indwelling God through the Holy Spirit But we have that treasure in clay pots, vessels that have been made from clay taken from the earth, dried in the sun, and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And you join us for Set Free with Ken Legg, author and teacher. And this week we're on the subject of stewardship, something that we all wrestle with How do we relate to the things that we supposedly own? It's a big subject, isn't it, Ken? Yes, it is a big subject, and uh, it it determines the way that we live our lives, the way that we see those things that we do uh, have, those possessions we have, if you like. How do we regard those? What's our attitude towards them? That's what's going to determine the actual quality of our lives. Now, having said that, of course, we did make the comment yesterday that it's important to keep all of that in the realm of grace. Now, I guess it's uh, it's a, always a temptation, especially when you're talking about how you use your resources and particularly give them away, to do it in a kind of legalistic way that you say, you know, I'll do this to get that. So what are the safeguards to ensure that I guess we keep a, a loose hand on our things and uh, keep that grace orientation in our stewardship? Well, I guess uh, legalism sort of operates on the outside or externally, if you like. It's something that I'm trying to make happen. Whereas grace is what God's doing within me. It begins on the inside. It's, uh, it's the outflow of a relationship that I have with him and uh, it works itself out from the inside uh, in, in how I live my life. You know, Paul, Paul put it this way. He said, um, work out your own salvation because it's God who works in you mm. both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We can only really work out what God is working in us. So it all comes back to this realm of relationship and I guess Jesus was a great model in that principle he said he said my father works and and I work in other words I'm in sync with my father I see what the father's doing and and, and I respond to that and and that's faith really faith is our response to what God initiates it's not me saying I'm going to make something happen I'm going to go out and do some works and uh, uh, then I'll feel good and I'll ease my conscience and so on no I'm, I'm in fellowship with the father and all I'm doing is responding to that which he initiates. Mm. I mean, it's nice to read that, and it's it's good for Jesus. You know, he was God after all, and and man, and to say he's in sync with the Father. But you know, let's talk about the real world here and now for you and me. How do you how do you do that? How do you know what it's what God is 
initiating in you rather than your own thing? Well, I think first of all, you know, you, you just mentioned, well, Jesus was God, but of course on earth he didn't live as God. He lived as man. Uh, and so he's very relatable in that sense. But but just coming back to your question there, Phil, you know, Paul did say that God has prepared works for us from eternity. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he prepared for us before the foundation of the world. So first of all, we recognize those those works by discovering the gifts that he's given to us. Each one of us has been gifted in a unique way, mm. and we know it's the grace of God that's upon us. And so we need to recognize that. Now, that means two things. There's a negative thing there, first of all. It means that we can't just do anything we want to do. And I think um, you know certain characters in the Bible discover that. For example, Saul who was a king, he was gifted and called to be the king of Israel, but he tried to function as a priest. Mm. And in the end, he was disqualified from even being a king because he stepped outside of that anointing. Yeah. And, and a lot of us do that innocently, like David. You remember David wanted to build the tab at the temple and uh, you know he was getting excited about building the temple, but then God stepped in and said, no. Hey, hang on a minute. Yeah, he said, you're a man of blood. Now, I don't think that was a rebuke. He was called to be a man of blood. He was called to called to uh, fight you know, the Lord's battle so that he could bring peace to Israel so that Solomon could come in that time of peace. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, the name Solomon does mean peace. And then he could build the temple. So getting back to that um, statement that I made uh, regarding gifting, it means a, a negative thing and it means a positive thing. It means you can't do what you want to do, but you can do what he wants you to do. And you know, when it comes to that, the sky's the limit the sky's the limit. I guess the challenge is finding out what it is that he has has us called for, which we need to seek after him earnestly for, don't we? Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. You know, often we, we talk about preachers and so on. We say, oh, he's really anointed. But, you know, we're all anointed. The Bible says that very clear. The question is, what are we anointed for? For, yeah. you know. Um, the word anointing uh, in, in the Old Testament is the word miskar. You know, when, when uh, anointing oil was rubbed on, say, the high priest, mm. uh, is the word miskar, and it actually means to smear, just to rub on. Mm. But in the Greek, the word is charisma, and it means to rub in. Mm. You know, like you might run it, rub in some oil or lotion yes. into your skin so that it becomes a part of you. I think that's a good analogy. You know, when we come over to the New Covenant, um, what God has called us to do actually becomes a part of who we are. You know, people see, for example, Billy Graham. And they say, oh, he's a great evangelist. They kind of um, identify him with, with what he's called to do. It's a part of who he is. They see him as this great evangelist, you know. And uh, the same with each one of us. What we are called to do actually becomes a part of our new creation identity. Mm, that's wonderful imagery. And it's a really good point, too, because, you know, we've all been given gifts. Uh, so we don't need to run around looking for things to do so we can say that we're doing something for God, you know, just to say, hey, God, we've been busy. Haven't we been good? We just need to discover the gifts that God has given us and, and give ourselves over to those things, don't we? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, to work in, in uh, sync with the Father, just like Jesus did, you know, he said uh, the Son can do nothing of himself. Now, you think about that. That's Jesus. He said the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. Mm. So Jesus said basically... All that I ever did, I, I never did. <laughs> it was the Father doing it in me and through me. Yeah. And um, in a similar way, he indwells us. You know, we have this thing, what would Jesus do? WWJD. 
um, I think it's better to say watch what Jesus does because <laughs> there's no there's no kind of uh, uh, blueprint there's no kind of formula yeah. uh, as it were you know steps one two and three this is what Jesus would have done in that situation the fact is he didn't know what he was going to do but the father had prepared works for him and because of his relationship with the father he understood what he was meant to do at any given time I think that thing of what would Jesus do and watch what Jesus does, I think, are two great things because we need to watch. We need to be in the Word looking at what Jesus did and the example that he set, but then look in our world here and now and say, well, what would he do? Therefore, that's what I should do. Yeah. In fact, we could probably come back to that definition of faith again. What is faith? A lot of people think if I believe something long enough and hard enough, I can have it or I can do it. And and so I'm going to have faith to go out and do this and I'm going to have faith to go out and do that. But the Bible says that faith comes by hearing Mm -hmm. the word of God. So faith is our response to what God initiates on our behalf. Mm. And so out of that relationship, when we learn to hear the voice of God and, and know what God is doing in us and through us and the gifts that he's given to us, all we're doing is responding to that which he has initiated on our behalf. If I can just maybe spend a moment to say in our, in our church, we've, we've got quite a major ministry in the country of Zambia and um, for the size of our church, I mean. And really that did not come in a mechanical way. It was, it was just basically responding to some of the challenges that God brought before us and testing the waters and seeing that he was indeed in those things and, and moving ahead one step at a time. Mm. Often God will put drop things on your heart and you've just got to respond to them, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Good advice this week on Christian stewardship and there's more to come tomorrow when we continue. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.